Captain's log, stardate 6051. Had trouble sleeping last night. My hiatal hernia is acting up. The ship is drafty and damp. I complain, but nobody listens. Star Trek 12. So very tired. See the original cast in their latest, greatest adventure. Captain Klingon's off the starboard bow. Again with the Klingons. Mr. Scott, give me full power. It's no good, Captain. I cannot reach the control panel. Movies! What a ripoff! I don't have to sit here and take this. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Alex. This episode, or this podcast, I should say, is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. So be sure to head on over to the BatmanUniverse.net and help support the TBU server cost drive. I think we're almost at the goal. I believe it's almost like 75% funded, so we're almost there. So thanks, everyone, who has been supporting it. It's much appreciated. And we are on episode 120 of this podcast, which... It was hard to get to 100. Now we're 20 episodes past. <laughs> Each higher the number, the more unreal it seems that we've been doing it for that long. But anyway, that's enough reminiscing about past episodes recording. <laughs> Dane is with me as always. What's up, Dane? Hey, Tim. How's it going? Good. We're in the midst of playoff baseball, my favorite time of year. So even though my team's not in it, it's so it's fun just watching the baseball games. And we have some good ones. Yeah. Have you been keeping up with it for the most part? Cool. Well, I was just about to say, like, um, I actually enjoy the pennant races more than the um, the really? playoffs. You know what? I could see that, but yeah. still, when it gets postseason time, I think there's nothing better. But I, I definitely know where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, because I feel that in, in during the pennant races, it's more of a, you know, it, it's it's way closer. It's like like a game, like the. The whole season is riding on this game, this one game that determines if you're going to um, make it to the playoffs or not, or be a wild card team, yeah. you know? It's, especially when it's like the last week, and there's, I mean, especially this year, there was a lot of teams that were bundled up together one or two games behind for that second wild card spot. It just makes it yeah. much more intense and like scoreboarding where if I win, but this team has to lose, if I lose and they win, then we're out and all that, so. Yeah, I didn't know what you mean. But last night's game, I mean, as we're recording this, it was game one of the Cubs-Giants series. And I know me and Mark were talking about it on Twitter. I mean, we're both really rooting for the Cubs. But last night's game was pretty much my ideal postseason game. A great pitcher's duel, 0-0 yeah. to the eighth inning. And then the final score is one nothing for the team we're rooting for, of course. So that makes it better. But those are the games I love in the postseason. Just awesome pitching duels when it's 0-0. To me, there's nothing better. Just living and dying on every pitch and at bat. Yeah. Um, as for the Cubs, I mean, I know Mark asked about this in his email, but I can't help but feel that they're not going to make it this year. <laughs> I <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just the Giants, you know. The, the Giants are the Giants. They're, they they have the most playoff World Series experience out of all of the teams. So I I can't help but feel that the Giants are going to take the take this series. I have to be honest. They just yeah like a totally different team when it's October because they were awful the second half of the season. Oh yeah. Yeah, they barely got that um, uh, uh, wild card spot, right? Yeah, so I want the I want the Cubs to make it to the World Series. I want the Cubs to win the World Series, um, but I, I just don't think that 
this year is going to be their year. I think next year they're going to be a serious contender. If not this year, then when? Because they're about as good as they're going to get. I don't see how the Cubs could be that much better. It's just the Giants can yeah. play them like they have in past postseason series, especially with Bumgarner. That's why it was so important that they won game one. So they know they won't be down 0-2 going into Bumgarner, which could be impossible to beat if they're down 0-2. So important game to win. I, I'm rooting for them to pull it off. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants – uh, to get past them just because, like you said, their past experience and just how they're just so yeah. locked in when it's October. So we'll see, but you'll see me rooting for them <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> if you follow me. Yeah, there's a Cubs series and they're playing. You'll see me giving them my support. So yeah, I definitely want them to win. I definitely, I'm definitely rooting for them. Um, I'm also rooting for for uh, the Dodgers really? too. Yeah. I want to see that team make it. See, the team I really want to see lose besides Boston is the Blue Jays. Uh, so many players on that team just get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see them get knocked out. If they do make it to the World Series, I'd want them to really? win just because of Josh Donaldson. I, I want to see him win one. <laughs> nerves this year, especially with that brawl with the Yankees that they started. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> But anyway, we'll we'll keep everyone updated on the postseason as we record these episodes and how we're feeling. So, yeah. but I guess we can go ahead and get into our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary, and we are on a minute sixty nine to seventy, so another milestone for an hour and ten minutes into this thing. <laughs> Made it a long way, but we still got a long way to go. So, uh, right. go ahead and get your beta tapes, laser discs, projectors, other dead media format that. HD, HD DVD. DVD. You reminded me now <laughs> that I'm introducing it. <laughs> All the stuff that we don't use anymore, just grab it out of the closet and get Dark Knight Rises playing on there. So, going to give the <laughs> countdown at the minute 69 mark, and we'll start in three, two, one, go. And we're at the fireplace. Yeah. Do you think we're going to make it to the tunnels? I I think Bruce is going to be touching her back for a long time. <laughs> He's doing it right now. Yeah. Still haven't seen the scar though, or the brand, or whatever it is. Oh yeah. She just calls it an old mistake. <laughs> kind of talked about it on the last episode too, but I was hoping there'd be more of a Rachel Ghoul League of Assassins tie in there, where she wouldn't necessarily say it, but we'd know what she's talking about. Yeah, but you can't really give it away, you know. I mean, we all knew who she was exactly. going into this movie, but but for the person that's not that that, that doesn't know, you got to keep that a secret until the end. Well, it looks like we're just gonna make it. Oh, oh, there we go. That perfect shot to end it on Bruce standing in front of. Us. <laughs> well, actually, made it to the scene after that with him on the rooftop. So we did make it out. We're yeah. almost there. <laughs> we're almost up to the. Bane Batman fight. I wonder why that's a clear case for the for the bat suit. I know it looks good though. I have to, yeah, it looks good. It's it's studio yeah. tour without all the costume on display. That was definitely one of the standouts. Seeing that clear display with the suit on there, it looked really cool in person. So just one of those things, I guess. Yeah, it looks the best. So let's just use it. <laughs> it just looks cool. What other reason do you need? <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, we can get a, go ahead and go into our featured topic for this episode, which is going to be finally our review for episode two of the Batman Telltale series. I know it came out a few weeks ago. I didn't play it until after we recorded our last episode, but finally played it now and ready to talk about it. So going to throw out the spoiler warning, too, for those who haven't played it yet. Uh, we're going to go into full details on all the big plot points and story elements that happen in the game. So spoiler warning is out there. So first off, I'll just say, just kind of my general impressions, it's another great entry into the series. I'm just loving this so much. The story is awesome. It's different, but yet they're doing some interesting things that's really intriguing. This makes you want to see where it's going to go further down the line and other episodes that have come out. It's doing a great job of that. Gameplay-wise, more great decisions and choices you have to make that really puts you into the shoes of Batman and Bruce Wayne that I don't think any other game has before. I know the Arkham games, like we talked about in the first episode, it's a totally different experience that makes you feel like Batman. And this is the same thing. It puts you in the shoes of Batman just in a totally different way, and I'm just loving it. And again, the graphics are just really, really good. can't say enough how much I love the art style in this game. It just fits the tone of it perfectly. That suit looks yeah, good, too. Everything about it. So comparing it to the first episode... I can't necessarily say which one I like better. I just think it's a really great follow-up to that first episode. It's continuing on what I loved about it and just adding new layers to it. So I will say, I guess my big difference from it was that I would say the first episode had some more fun and intriguing Bruce Wayne stuff, where in this one, I had more fun as Batman in this episode because there were some great moments with him, if you choose to do so, I should say. So, yeah, yeah I thought it was great, and I just can't wait for it to keep going and kind of when all the episodes are out i just might replay it again <laughs> just to get that full complete experience <laughs> of the story i'm just loving it so much well actually it's better if you don't go back and replay it because they're definitely going to release a season two which is what they call yeah. it right this is this is this is uh season one so um and all of your choices that you made uh, your first time playing through it, if you don't go back and replay it, will affect the story oh, in season two. <laughs> yeah. How many so. of their other games have had multiple seasons? Because I know The Walking Dead has had a few. Is there any other ones besides that? I'm not sure. Because I know the Game of hmm. Thrones one hasn't had its second season yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think besides The Walking Dead one, they haven't really done any sequels for the for the other ones i'm not sure about the wolf among us or i think there's a minecraft one been one for jurassic uh, park or back to the future also i know that yeah that jurassic park one is good or at least i liked it i think you're one of the few because i didn't read too many good reviews on that one yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I don't think there is one huh. so hopefully batman will be the first thing because i yeah i'm loving it i think it's getting—I don't want to say it's getting amazing reviews, but it's getting good reviews. I think I'm liking it yeah. more than most people do. But I, hopefully, the general audience and gamers out there are responding to it well because I love a second season. There's so much they can do with that, and uh, they can have endless seasons really if they wanted to. So, here's hoping. But how would you say it compares to the first episode for you, Dane? I like the—I like the first episode better. Uh, I thought that um, this episode was good. 
I mean, it, it, it's definitely with the the first episode, but I felt like that the first episode had the best of both worlds, meaning it, it, it had great Batman stuff and it had great Bruce stuff, all while developing the story. I felt this one was kind of just the bridge between, I guess, this uh, the first episode and the third, whatever the third's going to be. So this one was a, a little shorter than that first one. I don't know if you felt the same way, Tim. I think I'm choppy because I really yeah. enjoy them, but <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to keep going. They both felt really short. Well, I mean, I think the, the first one was, what, like 45 minutes to an hour? Something this one like yeah, this one felt shorter. It felt like half an hour to me. I don't know if it was because um, the scenes were shorter or it was because... Um, they needed to give us a taste of, you know, the Batman stuff, the Bruce Wayne stuff. Um, and I don't think this, the, the, the second episode had a detective part. Remember like in the yeah. first one in the warehouse? Yeah. Th- I don't think this one had, a, had a scene like that, right? Not really. Yes. You know, think about their one. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just thought that this one felt shorter, but um, this one felt like it was more focused on the story rather than, you know, being Batman and, you know, beating guys up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I'm curious about, Tim, is what did you think about the, the story, particularly what they're doing with Thomas Wayne? Yeah, I mean, it was a cliffhanger for the first episode. I couldn't wait to see how they're going to deal with it in the second one. And it's still not fully resolved yet. Because, to be honest, I just have a hard time thinking that Thomas Wayne is really kind of the bad guy and doing what he's doing with the mob and, you know, experimenting on inmates in Arkham. I just think there's going to be something to it where it wasn't really him and it's just being falsified by his, a different criminal. But I will say it's getting me intrigued. And if, not, if it does end up being true, I'm not going to like that. It's not going to be my favorite version of Thomas Wayne and having Batman come from a family who was involved in crime. It's different. It, I give him credit for going out there for doing something really different and, you know, pretty shocking too for those of us who are diehard Batman fans and changing the mythos like that. So I give him props for that if they do end up going all the way. And that really is the case. But yeah, I, regardless of what the outcome is, it's doing its job is making me in making me very intrigued with the story. I mean, I'm just fascinated about this dynamic now that Bruce has with his past and looking at his parents in a different way. So we'll see how it all ends up, but I'm enjoying the ride that it's taken me on. And I have to say that what I love, one of my favorite parts about the second episode was the beginning and how you just jumped right into the Wayne murder sequence where you see Bruce Wayne as a little kid and his parents, and then you get the perspective as Bruce as he's an adult, as he's going back to Crime Alley with Alfred, to kind of relive that experience with him. And as you walk through the different areas, you get to see the different moments leading up to the murder, the actual murder, the aftermath of it. I thought it was just, from a gameplay-wise and a cinematic uh, way of telling that story, I thought was really, really good. I dare say, because the Arkham did it good too, but I really liked how they did it in this game, how it all played out. It was a little more interactive, which I liked. So I thought it started off with a bang. And I will have one complaint about it, though. I don't know if you agree with me on this one, Dane, but part of the reason that you have that this portion of the game where you relive the Wayne murders was an actual gameplay sequence was that Bruce is trying to relive the moments to remember 
if you know there was something that hinted at Thomas Wayne being involved with Falcone and with the mob. And as you progress through that opening sequence, you do realize that Bruce remembered Thomas Wayne saying something regarding Falcone, like he doesn't know what he's doing or he's making a mistake. And that's what triggers in Bruce's mind. Yeah, so there is a possibility that my father did have dealings with the mob. And I just have a hard time believing that he now just remembers that. Because for me, I always think of Bruce, and after experience that traumatic uh, experience for him, witnessing his parents' murder, every detail about that is stuck in his head. That's what drives him. And I just have a hard time believing he would forget something that important his dad would say. And, I, yeah, you can't say, you know, he's just a little kid. He's not going to remember everything. But Bruce is a special kid. So <laughs> I just that thing was, that moment was so traumatic for him. He would remember every small detail. Because I always got that impression with him as Batman, that that moment is scarred for him in, in for life. And he'll re- always remember it. And hearing his dad say something like that, I think he would have remembered always and not kind of forget it and it gets triggered as his as he is reliving that moment so that kind of threw me off a little bit i thought that could have been handled a little better but i don't know if i'm making a too big deal out of it but did you kind of felt that was a little off for him just remembering what thomas wayne said right there and then yeah it it felt off and it felt like um they were trying to force too much into that one scene yeah you know, it, it felt, and it felt like they were trying to. It, it, it felt like too much. They, they were trying to force too much into the, uh, into that night. You know that it, that they're building the story around. They're they're just trying. It feels like they're kind of trying too hard to make the Wayne murders something that it's not really. You know. Yeah, and there have been other stories too where there was you know. It was a mob hit. There was more to it than just a simple mugging. So yeah. the first time they're doing it, I just thought it could have been a little better as far as how Bruce figured it out and remembered that sequence. So yeah, but I mean, they they try to mention you know Falcone. They try to mention you know these things that Thomas Wayne is up to, and that um oh my god, what's what's the um governor? I mean the mayor's name yeah. Hill. Yeah, that Hill sent Joe Chill to do this. All in that one scene, you know? And it, it just felt like they were trying to make um, so much out of so uh, uh, out of something that's so simple and quick. Yeah, I agree. And we were saying how short yeah. the game is. That's a perfect opportunity to make it a little longer to expand on those details. Right. Just being in that one sequence, so... That was one, yeah. probably my only major gripe with it. But I did love the conversation you have with Alfred afterwards. I mean, you do have the choice to kind of get at Alfred with saying, like, how could you keep this from me? Or, like, you betrayed me. But I chose the uh, more sympathy path where it's, like, telling Alfred that it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. You, you did what you had to type of thing. I'm just glad that you had <laughs> that option to do there. So. Right. Yeah, I did the same thing. Because how, how could you be mad at Alfred, yeah, yeah. really? <laughs> the fact... That was another thing I liked too. He was ready to leave and the Waynes. Yeah, yeah. Crime, their dealings with the mob bosses, but their murder made him stay and take care of Bruce. I, that just adds more to Alfred for me in this story. So that was really cool. And the other thing I really like in this story is how they're setting up the major villains of the Batman Rogues Gallery and how it's being led by Penguin. I really like this new version of Penguin. And we kind of talked about it 
when we talked or discussed the first episode, how it's a little combination of the Penguin from Gotham, the TV show, and having their own spin on it. But I really like the idea of the whole Children of Arkham thing, where it looks like, anyway, some of the members of Batman's rogues gallery is going to come, you know, from some tragedy that Thomas Wayne is doing to the inmates at Arkham, and Penguin's upset because his mom was being treated badly and experimented on. So that's his reasoning for coming about to go after the Waynes, Mayor Hill, and Falcone, but it seems like there were more that were affected by what they were doing there, and I think that's going to lead into more of the familiar rogues gallery villains that are going to show up in this game, and I can't wait to see how they're going to fit into this, because it's a different take, but I'm really liking what they're doing, especially with Penguin. Uh, at the end sequence, too, I like the mask that he had, just kind of a Penguin mask. It's, it's not your typical Penguin, but yet it's still coming across as a character that I'm really liking as a villain. So that was great. I can't wait to find out more of the dealings with Thomas Wayne. Like I said, if it really is him doing all that shady stuff and just how, what more villains are going to come out from this children of Arkham storyline, because I think it's a pretty clever way to introduce the new super villains into Gotham while getting rid of the old mobster. It's kind of similar to what the long Halloween did, but they're doing it in a completely different story aspect, but I think there is going to be some similarities as far as pushing out the old and bringing in the new, and I think they're really doing a unique and very good job of that with the villains. You have to think that this whole Thomas Wayne thing is a huge red herring, right? It's not actually going to be him. Um, Maybe he thought about um, doing business deals with with Falcone and Mayor Hill, stuff like that. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe Alex. I mean, not Alex. <laughs> maybe Alfred did convince him to not do it. Yeah, I just wonder how they're going to get out of it. I mean, are they going to do another Arkham City thing where oh, it was actually Clayface <laughs> pretending to be <laughs> Thomas Wayne, yeah. or a clone or something? He was strange. Maybe I don't know. But I, I agree. Like I said before, it's hard not to think of it as a red herring. But yeah. I'm, enjoying the ride and getting to that and finding out how it's all going to wrap up. It's so good. How many episodes are there going to be? Five? Yeah, I believe so. so. Oh. Okay, so we're almost halfway through this yeah, story. And hopefully the release schedule um, keeps up where it's just like a month or two for each episode. Cause it yeah. It's hard after you finish the games. Like You just want to play the next <laughs> one right away. Um, did you want to do the uh, yeah, questions? The most fun okay. part. Okay, <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, did you ease Falcone's pain? Yes, I did. That was one of the ones where, eh, yeah. <laughs> not, but at the same time, <laughs> you're trying to get information from him, so you got to be nice. <laughs> so I gave him the board. <laughs> I oh, didn't. Really? And uh, yes, yeah. um, probably the same thing. Uh, you you just. Um, Wait, wait, wait. So, so, so what's the outcome for giving it well, to he him? He appreciates it, but I don't remember the exact dialogue, but, yeah. you know, not soon after. And then he tells yeah, you. He tells you that Montoya comes in and shoots him, which that took me for a surprise. Yeah, so so, so I think Batman just says something like, um, oh, man, I, I totally forget, but uh, he it's just a tiny little small scene, and then it's done, and then he uh, tells you uh, what's going on. 
Uh, the second one is, did you kiss Selena? Yes. Well, I should say I tried to. As you go in for the kiss, she backs off <laughs> because figured, you know Catwoman likes that kind of foreplay. And so yeah. if, if I does it, if I don't go in for it, she'll probably wonder, oh, this guy doesn't want to have any fun. That's a shame. So I figure I'd play her game, but <laughs> she backed off. Uh, I didn't. So and twenty two percent didn't. Yeah, well, what was her reaction? Did she say anything like, "Oh, you're no fun"? Or <laughs> no, no, they they just stare at each other, awkwardly. and then uh, yeah, awkwardly, and then and then Catwoman goes okay. off. Um, third is, did you visit Mayor Hill as Bruce or Batman? And I chose yeah. Batman. I mean, of course oh, me too. Batman thing <laughs> that he does to interrogate yeah. someone. Plus, it's going to be more fun as a player, too. Like I said, this yeah. one had some more great Batman moments than the first one did. And I just love that sequence and this interrogating Hill as Batman. So, yeah. But I'm surprised. I think when I looked at it, it was less than uh, 50% chose to do it as Batman, which I thought figured to be a lot more than that. Yeah, that's funny because um, I guess whenever I played it, what was it, two weeks ago? Uh, three weeks ago, maybe? Um it was 50.6%. Oh, really? Yeah. Decided to go as Batman. Yeah, I wonder why what chose to go as Bruce. Maybe they figured it'd be easier to get the information that way, but I figured with Batman, the more intimidating and he doesn't suspect Bruce Wayne's involved, I mean, you'll get that information from him. So, yeah. yeah I was surprised it was that low, or it got lower. All right, so the fourth one is, did you withdraw your funding for Harvey's campaign? No, I didn't. I continued to support Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> I figured, even though he's going to, you know, trash talk your name and yeah. all that, he told you beforehand, you know, he still considers you a friend and all that. He just has to do it for politics. <laughs> Harvey Dent is that, you know, shining light for Gotham City that Bruce wants to see succeed. So, yeah. I mean, Bruce isn't one to, you know, shouldn't be condoning someone for double standards as far as uh, your per- persona and <laughs> real life and what you really are. So he'd understand that. So I figured I'll continue to support him. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> Did and, Harvey blow up in your face? Um, Screw you. Yeah, he gets angry. Yeah, he gets angry. Um, and 91.5% didn't. Yeah, I knew that was kind of high as far as people still yeah. supporting Harvey. I mean, you already know who he, he's going to become Two-Face, right? And that leads into our fifth and final uh, question, which is, did you save Selena or Harvey? I chose to save Selena because... Me too. Uh, I mean... I gotta be honest. The main reason is uh, we know what's gonna happen to Two or Harvey. Just like he said, he's gonna be Two Face, and I rather have Two Face and Catwoman going further in the story. So that's why I chose to save Selena. Plus, you know, they were maybe already becoming good partners in the sequences you got to play as Batman and Selena in that bar fight, and then later on as they're sneaking into the TV studio. So definitely can make a choice just from the story aspect of why Batman would save Selina there. But at the same time, too, it was because I want to see the Two-Face outcome. So I chose Selina, and I think I chose correctly. Yeah, I mean, I I chose Selina because I, I, I figured Harvey's going to become Two-Face whether I uh, try to save him or not. So might as well save Selina, right? I am curious to see what yeah. happens if you save Selina, like Will he still become Two-Face, yeah. which I want to say yes, but if it would be done in a different way and if Catwoman would die, would you, like, will we yeah. be stuck with Two-Face and no Catwoman? So 
I should yeah. look that up to see what happens yeah, and if you choose to save Harvey. 61.9% of people saved Selena. So this one was a little different from the first time we uh, the first time we yeah. we did this because most of our answers were the same. Um, but this one, I didn't choose to ease Falcone's pain, and the second uh, is I didn't kiss Selena. Okay, so we were out of sync for so. two. I think we were just out of sync for one in the first episode. Oh, and um, oh, yeah, I. Withdraw or withdrew my money from uh, Harvey's campaign. Yeah, so See, uh, Harvey, man, we're, we're getting better. Gonna hate you in episode three. Yeah, <laughs> he's, gonna hate he's really gonna come after. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that's what I'm hoping for the third episode. He'll still kind of be okay with Bruce Wayne because I still supported him. But you know, he's probably gonna blame Batman yeah. for this happening. Which I gotta say, <laughs> I, I just love that whole final sequence and how. This is their version of Two Face's origin, and again, a different way as far as how his face gets scarred. And this one was pretty brutal. His penguin sticks like a big giant light on his face. It almost looks like how can he survive that and just only cover half of his face. But I just love that whole sequence of Penguin taking hostage, the, the mayor debate, and then even kills Hill, and just getting Vicky Vale to be that fake moderator. It was just really well done. It almost felt more Joker than Penguin, but. At the same time, like I said, I'm just liking this new version of Penguin. So, yeah, just really well done. It's more great choices. The storyline continues to be great. There's so much fun. I just can't tell you how much I'm enjoying this Batman game. More, I mean, I was excited for it, but it's exceeding my expectations. I just love it so much. So, I think you already said this, but just as a final thing, Tim, uh, between the two episodes, which one did you like better? If I had to pick one, I'm going to go... See, I'm just going to go slightly with this one. First, the way the story progressed, like what they're doing with Two-Face's origin, Penguin, the opening sequence, we live in the Wayne murders, and the moment of choosing between Batman and Bruce to interrogate Mary Hill was really, really good. So, slight edge to this one. Don't want to take anything away from the first episode, because... You know how much I love that one, but this one just slightly. I want to pick the first one. I felt it had better Batman scenes, and it uh, definitely had better Bruce Bruce Wayne scenes. And I just like the whole detective aspect, where you got to connect the evidence to each um, each moving part. I guess you could say. Um, so I'm going to give the edge to um, the first episode. I mean. Both were great, but I, I think the first episode did it better. Yeah, there's really no wrong answer for which one we choose. They're just both really, yeah. really good. So now we just got to wait for episode three. So with And when is that uh, coming out? Yeah, I don't think they do, but hopefully it's just like November or something, oh. like another two-month gap. So yeah. Hopefully not long. All right. But with that, we can move into some of the news items that happened over the last two weeks, and quite a few actually. We got New York Comic Con going on right now, so probably should be hearing some more stuff throughout the weekend. But first off, I think the big one was that uh, Zack Snyder yesterday tweeted out a behind-the-scenes video of Justice League as they just wrapped filming in the UK. So instead of just sending a tweet saying, you know, thank you UK, thank you to the cast and crew, it's been fun, he did that. But he sent a behind-the-scenes video showing the filming of Justice League. It's about 
a minute and 30 seconds. But at the same time, it was really cool to get something like that. And I just love what they're, so far, how they're promoting Justice League. We got the Comic-Con footage out right away. We got uh, the photo. We got the set visit reports. Now we're just getting a little sneak peek with the behind-the-scenes video footage as we're just about a year away from the movie. And, again, uh, I like the teaser trailer we got at Comic-Con and this behind-the-scenes footage just adding to that, uh, just loving the look and feel of this scene. The heroes together, even in these behind the scene behind the scene shots, is really cool. There's that one moment where you see all of them, of course, minus Superman. Even though we did get a shot of him in this uh, behind the scenes video, which is cool, but just waiting for that one first image, or I should say first footage, because that image they released at Comic Con had them all together. But the first footage of seeing all of them together is going to be great because I'm just getting excited seeing all these characters together minus Superman so far. So when he does show up with all of them it's going to be awesome but that moment where they're coming down uh looks they're heading to the bat cave all the members of the justice league as batman he doesn't have his helmet on and they're just going down the elevator and the, the background of the scenery looks to be the bat cave so that was cool and then just more great batman shots there you see him leaping off a gargoyle you see him using his grappling hook which just looks awesome <laughs> even all it is is just him in green screen, but still, it looks awesome seeing Batman move like that. Can't wait to see it in the actual movie. And just seeing all of them together, they're just fighting poses of Flash, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman, and Cyborg. But it just looks cool seeing these characters together again. Like, that feeling I got when I saw the first teaser trailer. And there's that funny moment at the end where they're all doing these poses or just looking around because you know they're fighting, uh, presumably, the Parademon. Then Aquaman tries to grab it, or flip his trident, and he drops it. <laughs> and then Jason Momoa just grabs Wonder Woman's sword and starts messing around with that. So you know the cast is having a great time. Crew looks to be having a good time. So I just think good vibes coming from this behind-the-scenes video. And we'll probably have a ways to go before we get another trailer. But I, like I said, I just love the little trinkets of stuff we're getting uh, leading up to the film's release. So I dug it. I thought it was cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm still not excited for this. Um, I just, I just can't get excited for the DC movies right now. So wait for that one thing to change. I mean, it, 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 I, I will say, yeah, this is yeah. going to change your excitement level if you're weren't excited about it already because it is a lot of the same stuff we got in that teaser. So I understand. I mean, it looks good. Uh, Batman looks good. Uh, ben Affleck, Ben Affleck look, looks good. Um, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman looks good, but uh, I just can't get excited for it, really. Yeah, hopefully, like I said, it hits. You temper your expectation, then it blows you away when it goes out. <laughs> That's the ideal scenario. That's another thing too. Speaking of, yeah, Batman, we did get another shot of him in the tactical suit. And just seeing it in motion, because it pretty much was that image we got, but seeing it in motion, I kind of liked it a little better than I initially did seeing that one image. It looked better as you see it, like I said, in motion, and he just flicks a switch or something, but the goggles didn't look so out of place <laughs> and as much as it stood out in the first image, so I think the tactical suit looked a little better. <laughs> yeah, um... I'm warming to to the, the tactical suit. <laughs> One positive thing you could say. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it, it's the goggles. I don't understand. I don't understand why you need goggles like that on a bat suit. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, can't you just use the white um, <laughs> lenses? 
I have a feeling <laughs> it looks like Batman's getting a bunch of different suits throughout this DC movie universe. So eventually, well, we kind of yeah. got it in his armored suit and BBS. So, but in the traditional Batman costume, I think we'll eventually get the white lenses. Uh, hopefully. But yeah, that was cool to get. And another thing that uh, was pretty exciting as far as uh, the DC movies are concerned, the Suicide Squad Blu-ray release details got announced. And it's going to be coming on November 15th digitally. And then, unfortunately, the Blu-ray got to wait a whole month on December 13th. So <laughs> I just hate that scheduling now with movies coming out first digitally as someone who still buys the Blu-rays. But uh, the big news is that Suicide Squad is getting an extended cut after, I believe, David Ayer said when the movie came out that there are no plans for an extended cut. But here we are. <laughs> and I have to say, I think I'm excited for this extended cut more so than BVS because this one, when Suicide Squad, as we talked about, you just know right away as you're watching the movie, so much was cut. With BVS, you didn't get that feeling, oh, this is out of place. But the extended cut did explain certain aspects of that movie better than the theatrical cut but i didn't have that feeling walking out of bvs was like man so much was cut that probably would have made it better suicide squad i did have that especially of course with the joker stuff which is we assume is most of what this extended footage is going to be and that, that can improve one aspect of the film for me and you know i like suicide squad but my biggest complaints were of course the main story with enchantress and that being their main mission and joker just feeling shoehorned in there and not really having that much to do and like I said, watching the trailers and when I saw the movie, you just know there was so much more to the Joker than what was, than what was actually in the movie. So the fact that we have the potential to get that in this extended cut, more of the Joker, I mean, I'm all for it. I mean, Harley was the best part of Suicide Squad, so to see more of her and Jared Leto's Joker, uh, we can get more into that relationship. I think it's going to improve that aspect for the movie for me. So kind of similar to BBS, it's not going to change... I don't think people who didn't like Suicide Squad like a full 180 and, and really like it again, but maybe certain areas it'll help, especially when it comes to the Joker, I think. So I'm excited for it. I don't know if you're going to check it out, Dan, because I know you didn't really like the movie, or you're just curious <laughs> to see what new Joker stuff they put in there. Um, I mean, it, it, it's only 15 minutes. Yeah, oh, 13, right? actually. That they're going to be putting in there. 13 minutes. So, I mean, how much of the story can that really change so yeah i i don't think you want to know my opinion on that <laughs> you don't want to be a debbie downer <laughs> but yeah for those who are disappointed with not enough joker i think this is what's going to make those fans happy which was one of my complaints so i'll be looking forward to this one and i'll let you know how it is Dan. <laughs> hopefully hopefully yeah because yeah, if they were to say oh it's a recut we're gonna take out the Enchantress stuff and give them an actual good mission to go on, then <laughs> it'd be, I think, get a lot more excitement. But all that stuff's still going to be in there and just feel out of place. So I just got to learn to live with that aspect of the movie. But hopefully, this next piece of news will get you excited, Dane, as Batwoman is going to be getting her own ongoing series. So I know how much you love you know, the first big record one and then the Hated Black Man. Does this new ongoing series for Batwoman have you excited? Yes, it does. Something to be happy about. Because it seems like they're 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 gonna stick to what you know Hayden Blackman and J.H. Williams and Greg Rucka have done in the past. Um, it seems like they're gonna stick to that, where she's gonna be kind of an outsider. She's not really gonna um, 
she's not really going to be part of the Batman universe. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going to be on the outside. And I'm excited for Marguerite Bennett because I I just think she gets the character. I mean, I, I, I've seen some stuff that, you know, where she's talking about the character and I feel that she really gets this character. So I'm just hoping that this is better than what we got in the new 52. Yeah, this comes out in March 2017, so we've got a few months to go. I will say what I'm worried about this announcement is that I've slowly, it seems like they're breaking off the team from Detective Comics. I mean, she could still be a part of that team and do her own thing in her own book, of course, but I'm just a little worried that she's going to be taken off from that team and yeah. moved on to a different story scenario for her uh, solo title. I mean, we, we already lost Tim Drake, and now right looks like there's a potential anyway Batwoman might leave. I just worry we're going to lose that awesome team dynamic that we've gotten in Detective after just, you know, one story arc and a few issues. So that's my one concern. If she's able to stay there and have that uh, same team we're just loving in Detective Comics, then, yeah, more the better. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Uh, she, she works really great with that Detective Comics team. But I think for the character... I mean, for 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 Kate, for Batwoman, uh, she's better by herself, doing her own thing, and uh, I think it's just better because she's a different kind of 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 superhero. She's not like Batman. She's not like Robin. You know, she's not like wh- whoever. She she's really really different, and she works differently. And I think it'd be better if she. She went out on her own. Yeah, so hopefully no. they can pull both off. You know, Batman does it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so many books out there, <laughs> part of different stories. So they could do the same thing for Batwoman. But yeah. probably easily the best news to come out of the last two weeks. I mean, William Shatner. How was how was the bad how was the Batwoman thing? Not the, the best thing well, to come out. You involve Tim. William Shatner with Batman. <laughs> What gets better than that? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> yes. Well, first off, anyway, we're getting a sequel to the 1966 animated movie, which uh, comes out, actually, it's theatrical run. It hits theaters this Monday, so probably going to check that out, The Return of the Cape Crusaders. But they already announced a sequel to it called Batman vs. Two-Face, and William Shatner is voicing Harvey Dent in Two-Face. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, this is... You do not think of William Shatner when you think of Two Face and Harvey Dent. And I just immediately thought to myself, I can't wait to hear what he does because I mean, there's nobody like William Shatner in the way he talks and acts. So to hear him be a part of the Batman 1966 universe as a major villain, who we never got to see in the '66 show, should be lots of fun and just poised for a lot of great jokes, dialogue, quips, and stuff that'll make us laugh with William Shatner behind the voice. So I can't wait to see his performance as Harvey Dent. And I kind of thought if he's doing something out there like Two-Face, I just want to hear him do every Batman villain now. Let's hear his Joker. Let's hear his Scarecrow, his Mr. Freeze, because let's get the Shatner effect on every Batman villain. Might as well. Because, like I said, I can't picture him being Two-Face, but I'm super excited to see what he does with it. I think it's going to be awesome. You can't go wrong with uh, William Shatner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Shatner is one of those actors. Everyone does an impersonation of him. So when yeah. he's actually doing 
a voice. It, sometimes I think, oh, it's not going to be as good or as funny as some of those uh, impersonations or jokes about his characterizations are. I remember the the Simpsons episode where it begins with the movie Star Trek Twelve. Oh, so very tired. <laughs> it is like the Enterprise <laughs> is so old and they're still working on their Shatner's like saying, I complain, but nobody listens to me. <laughs> the impression of it is so dead on. Sometimes, oh, I just think that Shatner anyway. So sometimes even the jokes of Shatner are as good as the Shatner performances themselves. So if we can get some like that yeah. now, his two-phase, oh, it's, it's going to be incredible. I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear to everybody that William Shatner is not going to be playing Two Face. He's going to be playing exactly. William Shatner. Yeah, I forget what they said if that had a release date. I know it's going to be sometime next year, 2017. So, yeah, I don't think they announced an official date for it yet, but we'll definitely let you know on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff when they announce the date. So, it's going to be a must for Batman fans, I say. <laughs> yep. But that's it for all the news we had for these uh, last two weeks. So I guess we can move on to a conversation with Alex and our listener. All right. So, so Alex, and thanks again for another killer episode. I loved your discussion about the animated series. That show was just awesome. Brownie points to him? Did he, did, did he get? How could I not agree with that statement? <laughs> the show yeah. is just awesome. I mean, that's just common knowledge. <laughs> the reason why it's my favorite uh, representation of Batman is because of how it gives us such multi-dimensional versions of all the characters. I was just about to say it's the best, but I haven't read that much uh, Batman to say that. You guys, no, Alex, you can go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even worry about it. <laughs> you guys are the experts. For me, nothing in the Batman comics continually, or nothing in the Batman comics continuity really compared to show from what I've read, except. I have some personal reasons for liking the Nightfall storyline. I haven't read it since I was a kid, so I don't even know how that holds up. If anyone wanted to get into Batman, or at least how I see the character, I would just tell them to watch that series and read Year One and Dark Knight Returns. Oh, and Ego. I thanked you before for the recommendation, Tim, but I love that story. Although, I guess that's not surprising, surprising since... My favorite episode of Batman, the animated series, is I Am the Knight. I read some reviews calling it Psycho Babble, but you guys have... <laughs> but you guys have read my emails for how long? That's the kind of nutty stuff that goes through my head on a daily, ba- daily basis, so it was perfect for me. Anyways I, anyways, I think it's cooler not to be in the know about the continuity and just experience it through the animated series movie and movies without preconceived notions. I always prefer the source material when it comes to novels, but since comics is an ever-evolving medium with a bunch of folks giving their interpretation of characters, I love having something that's just self-contained. And what we got with Batman the Animated Series was absolutely amazing. I recently decided to just to stick with Batman when it comes to superheroes, so uh, I'm even more excited for any upcoming Batman movie. Now I'm, now I'm ex- even excited for Lego Batman, although I thought that movie looked great from the trailer. When I joked in my last email about wondering about how to, I got so geeky, I was kind of only half joking. I remember I remembered what happened, and I'm getting rid of my, everything except my Batman and Dragon Ball stuff. 
Damien a joke about this podcast being like therapy for you guys, but it's helped me so much with you guys having me, giving me a platform to ramble with my nonsense. So thanks again, as always. I'll always be a Batman dork and a Dragon Ball dweeb. <laughs> so, hey, I'm two of those dorks and dweebs also. This so you're not alone, Alex. Just got to add Star Wars in there. Make it, make it a <laughs> so Dane will have to put up with my nerdy references. Fear not, it, would, it won't be like the time when I talked about only liking the original Japanese version. That was Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> I remember trying getting uh, Alex on the path of the dub for Dragon Ball Z, because that's how I found out about the series. <laughs> and I still prefer that, even though they messed up a lot of the dialogue and original interpretations yeah. of the Japanese stuff. <laughs> also, you guys talking about the Middle Earth stuff in the last episode reminded me that I have, have to read the Silmarillion. It's over a decade since I've read The Lord of the Rings, but I read it four times. But I've read it four times because I loved it so much. I was also a huge fan of the animated Hobbit movies from the 70s. But it got re recorded? What is that word? Yeah, <laughs> it's recorded over by Superman. <laughs> recorded. <laughs> recorded. Recorded, right? <laughs> Yeah. He just added an extra R in there. Uh, over by some Superman. Hey, is that how it started? Superman ruined my, my Hobbit VHS. That son of a... Whatever, I'm done with it now. <laughs> that explains why Alex never liked Superman. All because it erased the Hobbit animated movie. <laughs> I, I've seen that so long ago. It's been years since I've seen it. I have seen the Lord of the Rings one. though. I should eventually go out and check that Hobbit one. So they they made one movie, one animated Lord of the Rings movie for all three books. I think that they made two, uh, but it was I believe the second one because they did the Fellowship. Of, I think it was just called Lord of the Rings the first one. Then they made Return of the King. Oh. So I think they skipped over most of Two Towers. But the Return of the King one, the animation I think was a lot different. Yeah, not as good as that first Lord of the Rings one. All right, and as always, Alex has questions. So his first question is. What's your go-to song to pump you up, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a hard one, but I'm just, of course it's going to be to my go-to. It's going to be a 311 song, one that's fast tempo, some heavy distortion, a great beat. I'd go, it's a song that even this casual 311 or fans just aware of the group like you, Dane, wouldn't would have no idea what the song is. But it's called You Get Worked, and it's actually, and the other song is called Sick Tight, which is a one to two track off their sixth album from Chaos. Those songs are just really great, like, upbeat tempo with some heavy distortion for the guitars that is, like Alex said, really pumps you up. So I would go with those two. You Get Worked and Sick Tight. You and that 311, Tim. <laughs> of course. I mean, how can you expect me to pick anything else? Hmm, what song should I pick? How about... Um... Yeah, that's a tough one, Tim. <laughs> uh, how about I pick something that had that that would never pump anybody up? <laughs> <laughs> like the most boring. Yeah, like uh, like one of those ambient uh, uh, songs. Like uh, that singer Enya. Yeah. Those type yeah. of, <laughs> of songs. Man, let me tell you, Enya. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll pick one. Which I believe she did the 
credit song for the Fellowship of the Ring. Movie, did she? If I remember right. Yeah, I think oh. she did. Yeah. You mean the one where they... Um... No, no, no. That was Return of the King with the drawings right at the end. The concept drawings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe Annie Lennox did that. Oh, Annie Lennox. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so anything from Enya, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go with the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one. <laughs> What's that song called, Tim? I know you know it. I could probably get it for yeah. you if I look on my iPod right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Uh, his second question is, Batman, if Batman had a catchphrase, what would it be? First of all, I would not want Batman to have a catchphrase. <laughs> so, I don't know. See, the thing that's just sticking out that is a catchphrase to him is if you're going to go the cheesy route, it'd be Oh Chum, like in the 66 series, and they kind of play that up in the golden age of Batman. So... I guess there's that one. And then just simply, I'm Batman. I mean, that's his catchphrase in the movie, especially in the Tim Burton and Batman Begins. So I guess it would just be, I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, and I'll agree with that. Um, his third question is, what Batman gadget do you think has been underutilized as of late? I'm going to go with the Batarang. It was definitely underused in Batman. Though Batman Begins, I used it a little bit just to knock out lights and they were real small. And he did use it in BVS with, to some good effect, so I did like that. I just wanted to see it used more because that is the quintessential Batman gadget. So more batarangs, please. Uh, for me, it would probably be the um, bat computer because it, it's been a while since we've seen him sitting at it doing anything. That's true. Yeah, yeah. so probably... He was on it a little bit in BVS. Oh, yeah, a little bit, but... Eh, and a little in uh, Dark Knight Return... I mean, uh, Rises... So, yeah, very yeah. Cool. Uh, number four is what do you think is Batman's most important gadget? And Robin as a moving target doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, I have to go back to the Batarang. I mean, it's so useful disarming uh, criminals' guns, uh, bringing them towards you. Even in the animated series, he used it as a grappling hook instead of the back grapple gun. So. It has multi-uses, the Batarang, so I think that is the most important. Uh, for me, you, you just mentioned it, the Bat Grapple, because um, upward movement is really important to Batman, especially when uh, you know he's with the Justice League, so definitely the Bat Grapple. Um, so that's all of Alex's questions. He says, thanks again, the Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, that Enya song from Lord of the Rings is called May It Be. May It Be. That, that's my, that that's my pump-up song, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> so now you have to go listen to it, Dave. It's even really good. <laughs> um, so thank you, Alex, for your email. We always enjoy reading them. Uh, so keep sending them in, and you always dump us on your questions, right, Tim? Uh, this one actually wasn't too bad, so oh. <laughs> I felt good about these. Okay, questions. good. Well, at least you, you, you had your answers ready. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to read Mark's or do you want to read Jordan's? Uh, I'll go to read Jordan's since he sent his two days before Mark, so we'll read Jordan's. <laughs> okay. Gotta play it fair. Who sends it first gets to read yep. first. <laughs> Jordan says, Hey, Tim and Dane. I'm actually in the same minority as Tim that I prefer the new Batman Adventures to Batman. The animated series by a little bit, but perhaps for different reasons. First off, I think almost all of the updated character designs are improvements, the main exceptions being Riddler and Joker. 
totally agree. Riddler was just awful. And Joker, yeah, I, I got used to it. I think there's some shots and moments where he does look good, but I can understand the complaints that he has gotten over the years for that redesign. He says, I think Tim and I have discussed this in the past, but Scarecrow des- designs in the, the new Batman Adventures is just incredible. Oh, yes it is. <laughs> You've heard me rave about that so much. Secondly, I love how big of a role Batgirl has in it and how much focus is put on the Bat family in general, too. Batgirl is my second favorite DC character, so to see her staring or starring in so many episodes after having a very limited role in the original series was a huge bonus for me. Thirdly, the animation just looks quite a bit smoother. And finally, it actually has a significant number of my favorite episodes between the two series. Old Wounds, Over the Edge, and Mad Love are three of my absolute favorites. Yeah, I totally agree. Those episodes are easily in the top ten of my favorite Batman the Animated Series episodes. And there's other ones in the new Batman Adventures that are great, like Never Fear, Growing Pains, so much good stuff. And he continues, I think the image we got of J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon is awesome. Gary Oldman's Gordon is very much uh, resembled the way Gordon looks in Batman Year One. But I'm getting a Batman the Animated Series vibe from Simmons' Gordon. The trench coat looks especially great. In response to my question about your favorite DCEU Batsuit so far, Dane also mentioned that he loved the all-black look of the Dark Knight trilogy Batsuits. As much praise as those films receive, I do often hear people badmouth the Batsuits of them for not being comics accurate enough. However, I actually agree with Dane that I love them too. The all-black color of them seems logical to me, since I think it would help Batman blend into the shadows better than the more traditional gray suits. Because of that, the main Justice League Batsuit is my favorite DCEU Batsuit, because it is returning to that black, or at least very dark, gray design that we saw in the Nolan films. Thank you, Jordan, for agreeing with me, because I know, Tim, you like the gray suits, right? Yeah, Yeah, so just to have somebody on my side. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's so rare when the comes on. <laughs> but Jordan continues saying, Unfortunately, I think Tim is probably right that we won't be seeing a Justice League roster the size of the one in the Justice League Unlimited animated series anytime soon. Of course, I'm over the moon about the fact that we're finally getting a Justice League on the big screen, period, so I'm not going to complain at all. Tim mentioned the possibility that we could see a Justice League roster that large in Justice League 4 or 5, and let me just say that I hope these films are successful enough that we get that many sequels. Although it won't feature a Justice League in name, I'm super excited for the four-way Arrow crossover in December because we will be seeing a huge group of DC heroes teaming up in live action then. Totally agree on that. I mean, as much as I had my complaints with Arrow <laughs> the last two seasons, I'm still excited for the big team up they're going to have with Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. That should be really cool. Hey, by the way... Season 5 premiere of Arrow wasn't that bad. Yeah. It was actually pretty good, I will say. By the way, how, how's uh, Gotham... Yeah, Gotham, I just caught up with this past Monday with the first three episodes. And Gotham, it's, it irks me because there's actually stuff that in there that I like and is a good story thread that you want to see what happens. But there's so many stuff that makes me roll my eyes and just go, ah, what are you doing that for? This is especially on the Batman mythos front. I mean, the whole thing with Bruce and his clone is just so <laughs> good. he is a clone. Scary. Yeah, remember the season finale I teased where that was like the big cliffhanger. The last shot was a clone of Bruce with long yeah. hair. <laughs> so that story thread is just really dumb. <laughs> and, but you now have uh, Penguin running for mayor, just like Batman Returns. So <laughs> that actually does make sense. And Gordon's a bounty hunter now, which that's one of those things where it makes for a pretty interesting story yeah. for the TV show. But 
it just makes you think how many times is Gordon because this is like the third time he's left the GCPD and we're expecting him to become the commissioner later down the road. It's like how many times are we going to go through this? With him? <laughs> he should just be working his way up to that level. But I don't know. We'll see if we even make it that far in the show. Yeah. So yeah, it's still same old stuff with Gotham. Some good stuff, but stuff that's making me roll my eyes <laughs> every episode. They did have the Mad Hatter, which was done pretty well, I will say. I mean, they shouldn't be in it at all already. <laughs> this is another Batman villain already making his debut, but I did kind of like what they're doing. Well, the Mad Hatter's kind of old, right? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's already... I mean, his whole thing in Gotham is that instead of the mind control cards, yeah. he's using he's hypnotism just like a magician would at a stage show. So that's how he's mind controlling uh, his victims. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan has some questions for us also. He goes, with the recent announcement that Suicide Squad will be getting the extended cut treatment, just like the Batman v, uh, just like Batman v Superman, do you see this becoming a trend for the DCEU movies? I'm not sure how I'd feel if that were the case. Yeah. See, like I said, I'm excited for the Suicide Squad one because we're hopefully going to get a version that's better. But at the same time, I know where you're coming from, Jordan, where that just means the studio was interfering too much with these edits and different cuts, especially with Suicide Squad, where fans complain and then they feel they have to release an extended version of it. But if we get it, I'm going to be excited for any extended cut because I think we talked about this on the last one or maybe two episodes ago, just how much we love the Lord of the Rings extended cut versions and most extended cuts, I feel, are better. So if we get that with these movies, that's great. More footage of something that you like is awesome, but in the case of these DCEU movies, it does feel like it's more of a reaction to the disappointments that fans have with it, instead of just, hey, you guys really love this movie? How about some more to, you know, have you really enjoy it even more so? So, that's what makes it a little bit disappointing, because it's more of a reaction to the negativity that some people have with these movies. But, yeah, I guess the E in the DCEU is really living up to that title of the extended (laughs) universe, because Except Man of Steel, everything's got an extended cut. We, they should just do an extended cut of Man of Steel. Pretty <laughs> just have it be complete for every movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Tim. How do I? How do I keep positive about this? <laughs> it is an idea. That is an idea. There. <laughs> <laughs> Just an idea. You're not saying good idea or bad idea. <laughs> it is an idea. There. Yes. And we'll see how it <laughs> And Jordan's second question is, if we were ever to get a live-action Batman Beyond film, what villains from the animated series would you most want to see in it? I'd go with Curare from uh, an extension of the League of Assassins and Blight and, as his number two choice, and then the Royal Flush Gang as his number one, with a focus on Ten and a relationship with Terry. Yeah, Batman Beyond, they have a... I mean, what's great about that show, they created just a great vast of new villains for Terry to face that I think are still holding up today. So it'd be tough to choose some, but I definitely agree with you on Blight as far as Derek Powers. He, to me, could have been Terry's Joker, but he was just so underused in the series. He was basically just a villain for the first season, then after that we never heard of him again, which was disappointing because he could have been on that Joker level for Terry, I thought, but they just never used him that way. So I'd like to see him in a movie. 
But then second, I think they got to go with Ink. She is my favorite Batman Beyond villain. Just visually, she looks cool. She has awesome powers. And she does have a compelling backstory, too, with her daughter. So, which would make, I think, for a good story in a movie. And visually, it would just look so cool to see her on screen. So i go with Blight and Ink. And then you could, you know, if we're fortunate enough to get multiple Batman Beyond movies, you can go with Spellbinder. Karari, like you said, is a good one. And then you can move on to... Uh, Who's that villain I'm thinking of? Because uh, if there was one, well, obviously once the Jokers would be cool to see, but one I'm thinking of, there was this guy, like a computer, a guy who downloaded his consciousness into a computer that ends up taking control of the Batsuit, which maybe no, might not necessarily be a main villain you would see in a movie, but something cool to see of the Batsuit being taken over by someone and seeing Terry have to face off of it. So I always like that episode. I believe that one was called Lost Soul, so... Yeah, but definitely Blight and Ink. Those are two must-villains, I think, would be cool to see in a Batman Beyond movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. Blight, Ink, and um, definitely the Royal Flesh Gang. Maybe further down, lo- down the line. Not yeah. not the first <laughs> the first movie, but yeah, Blight, Ink, and uh, the Royal Flesh Gang. All right, cool. That's it for Jordan's email. So thanks, as always, Jordan, for the email and the questions. All right, so now we can move on to, to Mark's email. He says, hey, finally someone. <laughs> <Mark>. <laughs> it was funny. You uh, you replied to him with that gif. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just said, fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, hey, Dan and Tim, how are you guys doing? Long time no email, huh? I figure <laughs> I figured I'd write about how well DC Re- Rebirth is going. It's pretty cool to see DC take up some of the unit and dollar share in the comic book world. I hope that I haven't seen that in so long, so I agree. <laughs> it's good to see that. I hope they can keep up the keep the momentum up. I feel DC has done a good job bringing in talent and signing into ex- exclusive deals. Uh, well, they they let uh, Becky Cloonan go. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, <laughs> she did good stuff. Her punt. I have to say, Tim. I've said this before. Her Punisher is really good. I have to check that out. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've been rewatching Daredevil season two with my brother who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. Punisher is so good in that series. <laughs> I've never been a Punisher fan, but it's making me want to read some more stuff of them. So I should check that one out by Becky Clooney. Yeah. And isn't he getting his own uh, TV show? Yeah. I think they just started filming. No. Not too long ago. I feel DC has done a good job bringing in talent, signing, t- signing them to exclusive deals. Pretty, I'm pretty excited about a new JLA and JSA book coming out. I really do hope Hickman does something for for DC, but I doubt it. I do feel just as the that Brian Hitch is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I don't know about horrible, but it's been pretty disappointing. I felt this last issue was better than any of the previous ones. But we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it gets better, but it's not living up to what a premier Justice League comic book should be, in my opinion. So I'm with you, Mark. Moving on, uh, the DCEU. Uh, I don't know if I shared this, but I really dislike Suicide Squad. It made me nervous. Another person who agrees with yeah. you. You got two. Good, good. <laughs> um, it made me nervous about Wonder Woman next June. I feel the same exact way, Mark. So uh, you're not alone on that. <laughs> Uh, I do think the casting of Deathstroke was a great move, and the picture of Zack Snyder drawing, Zack Snyder's drawing, 
or Zack Snyder drawing in Batman's gauntlet was pretty cool. I'm just excited for Rogue One and ready for more Star Wars. Nothing wrong with that. And yeah. She's two months away now from Rogue One. It's crazy. Are you scared for Wonder Woman, Tim? No, I'm, I'm not at all, actually. That's the one thing I disagree with you two because I, I, the only thing I'm worried about is more studio interference with Warner Brothers. Yeah getting different studios or companies to make different edits and cuts of it. Like they did suicide squad. Just let Patty Jenkins do her thing and don't mess around with it. Cause that's where I'm not worried about it because totally different crew and uh, directors and script behind it than what we've got before. So I'm confident from what we saw already, it looks awesome, but I'm just worried about studio interference. Hopefully they can avoid that with this one where we won't need the Wonder Woman extended cut because they just butchered the editing of it. So yeah. That's my only concern. All right. So he says, lastly, who is going to win the World Series? Tim? Well, got to go with the Cubs bag wagon still. We <laughs> talked about in the beginning. Not going to get off it now. Um, I'm going to say either Cubs... Or Giants. Yeah, Giants would be <laughs> the safe second uh, bet for me if I had to choose one. Yeah. Um, Just don't no to Blue Jays and no to Red Sox. Then. <laughs> I know the Cubbies have a great chance of going all the way. What's your prediction for the World Series, Tim? Well, team-wise, I'd go see... I don't know if this is a prediction, but just more what I want to see. I want to see Cubs and the Indians. Two teams that haven't won in so long that... It would be great to see one of them finally win a championship. So that's what I'm pulling for. I actually remember that Indians World Series. The, From, the, uh, the last time they went. Yeah, 97. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, that was, was bad. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I'd like to see the Cubs and the Indians. But I think it's going to be uh, Giants-Red Sox. Well, yeah. You see, I don't want that one because... I don't want to see the Red Sox win any championship. <laughs> and two, I've already seen the Giants win three of them this decade. So just be old hat, unless you're a Giant fan. <laughs> if you're not a Giant fan, you're sick of the Giants winning. So kind of how I'm sure people thought it felt for the Yankees in the 90s. So yeah. I can't complain about it too much. But since I'm not a Giant fan, I want to see someone else. It's Ortiz's last season, Tim. Don't you want him to go out a champion? Uh, Jeter did it and Rivera did it, so oh. I need to see Ortiz go out as a champion. <laughs> and you're forgetting one, Tim. Uh, Mark Teixeira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't even make the playoffs in his final season. <laughs> um, he says, uh, also prediction for the Cubs, Barf Giants, NLDS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of gave that already in the beginning. Yeah. Again, Cubs all the way. <laughs> um. Do you have any movies you're looking forward to seeing this fall? Well, I mean, Mark said it. Really, the only one is Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> that just needs to hurry up and get here. Yeah, definitely Rogue, uh, Rogue One. Um, also, how about Westworld? Wow, that's a solid show. Do you guys enjoy my, Michael Crichton books? He's by far my favorite author. Tim, I hope the Game of Thrones reading is going well. Yeah, so regarding the Michael Crichton stuff... Look, I read a lot of his books as a kid after Jurassic Park came out. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. I read a few because I wanted to read more of his stuff. So I'm a big Michael Crichton fan. I read Jurassic Park. Shortly after that came out, I read Congo, Sphere, and the Lost World book. So not a whole lot, but 
I should read more because there's other stuff I know that are good, like the Andromeda Strain. I hear it's really good. So yeah, there, I've... that one timeline. I actually got that book, but I never actually started reading it, which I felt bad about. So I should actually go back and finish that. I've read the. Um, good or not? I haven't heard too much. I've read the uh, Andromeda Strain. That that one's really good. Um, uh, I think I read Congo. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> You're thinking more of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely read Jurassic Park though. So those are Jurassic Park is one of those books that I want to go back and read again because it's been just over 20 years. I read it as a 10 year old yeah. kid, so who knows what stuff I missed <laughs> while I was reading it. So um, as for Westworld, that that show is really good. I don't know if you've seen it, Tim. No, I've heard but um, yeah, it's it's really good. I'm not sure. I mean. I I haven't watched the the Michael Crichton movie, but uh, apparently I think I'm missing something. But could, j- just because I don't really understand the story, I mean I'm I'm sure the movie explains it all, but uh, feels like I'm missing something. But the show is really good, and I'm sure. So does it take place within the same universe as the movie, or is it a complete reboot? I have no idea. Okay. Um, because it, it takes place in current day, uh, or maybe even in the future, uh, but it also takes place, or the theme park is in the, the uh, Old West. So uh-huh. I'm not sure when exactly it takes place, but uh, or if it has anything to do with the movie, or if this is just a separate thing, or what they took from that movie, and my, Michael Crichton's screenplay, but yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> um but regardless, he said it's good. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And, you, and and if you like Game of Thrones, it's essentially Game of Thrones, but in a sci-fi world. Okay. So <laughs> shouldn't wait as long as I did for Game of Thrones. Yeah, so. yeah, you shouldn't wait <laughs> as far as, six seasons, Tim. <laughs> yeah, as far as the book goes, it's going good, just a slow pace. Unfortunately, I'm about almost 500 pages into still the first book of Game of Thrones, but I'm loving it. I just love reliving all the stuff from the first season, knowing the outcome of certain things. It's making me appreciate the events in the first season yeah. a lot more. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I read the first one, um, A Game of Thrones, and uh, I read about halfway through the uh, second one. What is that one called again? Clash of Kings. Yeah, Clash of Kings. I, that one starts off really slow, so just be okay. prepared. Yeah, because, <laughs> um, well, well, I mean, you, you know the whole story, right? So, yeah. I mean... I guess for me it was because I didn't really uh, know what was going to happen because I read it between season one and two. Okay. And so, like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, they were, they, they were talking about this red woman, and I was like, what are you t-? <laughs> and, and, and the comet in the sky. And uh, I, I just couldn't get into that one. But um, anyway, he says, once I finish reading, what is that, Tim? Shimbumai? Shimbumi? Yeah. <laughs> I never heard of it, but I think that's how you pronounce it. I, I, I'm moving on to Star Wars novels. I have some cap- catching up to do. Have a great week, guys, and enjoy fall. It feels great to be writing in again. Miss you, guys. Mark. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Yeah, like we said, it's been a while since you emailed us, but thankfully there's Twitter, so we still keep in touch with you that way, which is awesome. So yeah. it's good to get the in depth email from you, which we haven't gotten in a while, so that was cool. Yeah, good stuff. Yep. Now, before we end the, feature, the listener feedback, 
I got to give a shout out to a listener who got in contact with me. And I feel bad because I should have mentioned this on the last episode, but uh, I'm trying to bring this up on my phone here through Messenger. But uh, I got a message from a listener of ours named Rich Matsumoto. He sent me a message on May, but my stupid Messenger app never notified me. And I never saw it on there <laughs> until I did an update on it about a month ago. And then I saw his message popped up. It's like, oh, man, this is back in May. Like, uh, I felt bad. So I responded to him thanking him for the message because he goes, uh, he just wanted to drop a line and say hello. I love the Batfans podcast. Batman is my favorite superhero as well. I was a fan of the comics beginning as a young child in the mid-70s. Keep up the great work. So yeah, it was cool that he sent me that message. I just felt bad. I didn't saw it until <laughs> a few months later. So, but he was cool about it. But thanks a lot, Rich. Glad you liked the show. And uh, Again, sorry, it just took me so long to respond back to that message. So that's uh, I the never, I guess. That's the Facebook Messenger, or yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. See, I don't like that app. I just wish they would have kept the message option in the Facebook app instead of having to be two separate things. Yeah, I don't understand why they do that because uh, the the PSN or the PSN app is the same exact way. Really? Yeah, you you have a PSN app which you can buy stuff from. You can even uh, go into or watch somebody play a game, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you want to mess message one of your friends, like if I wanted to message you, um, it would be a. I would have to open up this download and open up a separate app, and I don't understand why they put it into two separate apps. Why don't they just yeah. keep it in one? It seems like just a basic feature to have just a message option. <laughs> it seems unnecessary, but yeah, yeah. So, so that was annoying. If I'm, who knows if how many other missed messages I might have <laughs> have in there if I don't update it. So <laughs> yeah. So so thank you, Rich, uh, for sending in some well wishes for us. Yep. And that's gonna do it for our listener feedback section. So I can go ahead and move us right along to our comic book review section. Yeah, and I I didn't read my comics this week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've I've just been too busy. Yeah, we're still getting through the Night of the Monster Man. And I know <laughs> you weren't a big fan of the first. <laughs> so you're probably not missing too much. But yeah, okay. For this episode, uh, again, spoilers for all the books. If you haven't read them, you might want to hold off, read them, then come back and hear what we thought. And we're going to be covering. Uh, I'm just going to do a recap of the first five parts of the Night of the Monster Men series, because I know we missed on our last episode the first two. So instead of doing every book, I'm just going to do what I thought of the first five parts. So I'm going to do that, Batman Beyond, uh, the Rebirth special, number one, and then Wonder Woman, number seven. And our rating scale, how about uh, Enya songs that get us pumped up? <laughs> it's It's out of that, or... Uh, me- messages that Rich sends to Facebook Messenger that yeah. Tim never reads. You know let's, let's go with both. I'll say both in my review scale. <laughs> okay. So, Night of the Monster Men. Uh, wasn't too excited for it going in, but the first five parts anyway, overall, it's been enjoyable. It, wasn't, it was better than I expected. I mean, it's. I don't think going to be anything groundbreaking or earth-shattering or be remembered as one of the greatest Batman stories ever but it's a fun read of Batman and the Bat family take on giant-sized monsters <laughs> ravaging Gotham City and I like how it- yeah you see that that that's funny because well I mean I only read that one issue or two issues um, but I don't know it, it felt like 
it was it was too soon for this kind of story, this crossover story. And I just thought that they, they should just go back and focus on each individual book. But uh, I don't know. Maybe that's yeah, just you me. You can make that argument maybe since I, I'm glad they waited till each book's arc finished. Like it wasn't in the middle of what's going on in Detective or Batman or Nightwing. It waited till all their arcs are done and then they got this going. So that made it feel a little yeah. better. And I did like how Batman was at the beginning of the story, you know, kind of being overprotective for a lot of the different Batman or Bat family members because of what happened to Tim, especially to Nightwing. Uh, he's still being protective of Gotham Girl, Duke. Uh, just, you know, he doesn't want to see lose anyone else, so he's being a little overprotective. I like that they were making that callback and having seen Batman think this way during a major crisis in Gotham because not only are the monsters attacking it, but there's a major storm hitting Gotham, which at the beginning of the story, that's what everyone was preparing for. Batman was giving everyone their assignments, but then these monsters hit. And like I said, it was kind of fun seeing the different Bat uh, family members take down these monsters. And then I really like the Stephanie Brown and uh, Cassandra Kane stuff as the spoiler and orphan where they're in the cave trying to protect the civilians in there, keep them uh, secured, but then they get infected by the monsters. They have to get rid of that infection and uh, still protect them without hurting them. So that was a pretty cool sequence. But I just feel in the end it's going on a little too long of seeing them fight these different monsters throughout the, these five issues because they defeat one up another big one's here they defeat that one wait there's an even bigger one they defeat that one wait the one we defeated turned into another monster so it got a little old i just felt maybe they could have lasted three issues and then get to the confrontation with hugo strange because i am getting that dragged out feeling right now there's only one more part left but still i think it could have been wrapped up a little sooner because it is kind of the same thing with just the monster fighting monsters but there was also some good stuff with Gotham Girl. Her wanting to overcome her fear and help take on these monsters because she's the best weapon they have to defeat them with her super strength. So she goes out of the cave without Batman's wishes to help Nightwing um, in a prison. I believe it was Stonegate, where the, the prisoners and inmates there are being attacked by a monster. And while they're there, Gotham Girl just tears to shred the monster that they have that was attacking and her and Dick get infected, and they turn to monsters themselves. And that was something, an example where I felt uh, they could have, you know, not go that way and have it be a more shorter story because, I mean, let's be honest, we all know what's going to happen. They're going to get turned back to normal, which they did. They made for a pretty cool fight sequence between Batwoman and Nightwing as he's like a bat creature, seeing them fight in the sky. And it was a, was a pretty cool acting sequence, but again, didn't really amount to anything. So, but the final issue, again, there was great moments in here, believe it was either part four or part five where Batman's taking on this monster and he needs help from Clayface and it was a cool part where first I thought because in the story Clayface is splitting his body apart into several different you know he's disguising himself as police officers trying to get people to safety because of the storm but he's spreading himself too thin and that's making him weak so I like how Clayface was being used there but in the fifth part where Batman has to confront this monster Clayface, you see this group behind Batman, you're thinking, okay, why are these civilians helping Batman or these police officers? But it's Clayface, and he just brought all his different split-apart selves together, and he uh, combines himself with Batman, making this clay of armor, <laughs> so to speak, costume for Batman, which I thought looked pretty cool and made for a fun sequence of Batman taking out this monster and uh, partnered with Clayface in this bat suit that was made of clay, so that was pretty fun. 
the last issue, it ends with them, you know, realizing that Strange is behind this. And that was another thing I thought well, I was pretty weak in the story. How long it took them to realize that what Strange is using to create these monsters is Venom, which we knew in the final part of the Gotham, I Am Gotham story, Batman knew that Strange exchanged Venom for Psycho Pirate to Bane. So he should have known all along that it would make sense Hugo Strange was using the Venom to create these monsters. So I thought it took a little long for them to realize that. It should have been something that either Batman, Duke, or Nightwing realized right away that this is what's infecting those monsters, some type of form of Venom. So that kind of made me roll my eyes a little bit. But another cool thing that I liked was that uh, Dick realizes as he's looking through some surveillance footage of Hugo Strange being a psychologist for the inmates, or not inmates, but the people he used to become these monsters. And he was giving them different diagnoses as far as experiencing fear, uh, manipulation, grief, and uh, Nightwing realizes these aren't just di- these diagnoses for these patients. This is his diagnosis of you, Batman. This is how he feels you are. You're experiencing grief. You're being manipulative. You're experiencing fear. He's calling you out with these monsters through these patients. So the issue ends with Batman about to go confront Hugo Strange. And the last page is Hugo Strange dressing up in a bat suit, kind of similar to those old Hugo Strange stories we got with him pretending to be Batman. So, um, again, a pretty good, solid story. I thought the monsters destroying the cities went on a little too long. It should have got to this confrontation with Hugo Strange a bit quicker, but... In the end, it's been enjoyable having fun with it. So I'm going to give it three out of five Enya songs that pump me up and three out of five messages on Messenger I don't respond to until months later. <laughs> so next issue is going to be Batman Beyond, uh, the Rebirth special number one. And I'm excited for this one because we're getting a Batman Beyond comic again, and it's Terry back as Batman. So... Uh, I really like this issue. Uh, the artwork's great in it. It captures the futuristic feel of it. And I love Terry's new bat suit. Well, I should say, I don't know if Tim had this version, but I love the red eyes on the Batman Beyond costume instead of it being white. I think it makes it look really cool. And it begins with Terry uh, stopping the Jokers from robbing a school bus. And he's saying how this is a new low for them and this is different. And throughout the issue, it's, of course, this is a Rebirth special, so it's trying to get you caught up. It tells you the flashback story of, you know, Terry's origin, how he met first met Bruce, being chased by the Jokers, how he discovered the Batcave and brought Derek Powers. Or they didn't mention Derek Powers, but how he said he brought his father's killer to justice. And it was cool to see that told in, you know, the comic format and a different art style. But that was probably my big complaint about this issue, was instead of getting caught up on Terry's origin again, I wish it got me caught up on what happened in the events of the previous Batman Beyond titles, as far as, you know, how Terry got brought back to life because I know he was dead. What happened to Bruce? They also mentioned here that his mother died. What happened there? So, again, probably my fault for not keeping up with the series as I really wasn't enjoying it. But as a Rebirth special title, I felt it should have caught me up more on that front than Terry's origin from the animated series, which most Batman Beyond fans know already. So that was a little complaint they had with this. But overall, the story they're laying out here is really good because it has to deal with the Jokers. And as Barbara and Terry are bringing these Jokers to custody, we see them just start laughing hysterically and foaming at the mouth. And you know they're being infected by the classic Joker toxin, which kills his victims. So uh, also in that moment, Barbara and Terry, you know, they're kind of catching up, like, who have you told your back? He said he told his brother Mac or brother Matt. 
that his friend Max, they know he's back and alive, but he hasn't told Dana yet. And that's kind of curious to Barbara as far as, like, why he hasn't told her yet. And so we get a moment where Dana, she's a social worker now. She's going to help some uh, old woman in this, like, the slums, dumpy area of Gotham. But she gets kidnapped by two members of the Joker's gang. And Terry finds out once uh, Max comes to visit him and his brother because it's on the news that Dana's been kidnapped. So Terry goes out to rescue her. And in this sequence before uh, it ends, Terry uh, gets to fight a Joker, but he's induced with Venom. And it's pretty much a Bane version of Joker, which visually looks cool and made for a pretty fun action sequence of Terry trying to take on this Venom-induced Joker. But then at the end of the issue, we get the reveal. Dana was kidnapped by a character named Carter Wilson, who was from an episode of Batman Beyond called Hidden Agenda, who was this high, high school student who was very smart, he was like the top of his class and kind of in competition with Max as far as, you know, one of the smartest kids. But secretly, he was a joker. And so it's cool that they're bringing him back for this story. But the cliffhanger was at the end, he's like, Dana was asking him, why did you bring me here? Are you, you're in charge. Well, why did you have me hostage? He goes, I didn't. Someone else gave the order. He says, him, the real man in charge. And, of course, the last splash page we see the body of the original Joker. He says, I'm raising him from the dead. And he just hooked up to these all these tubes. I want to say it looks like, because they're green, that it might be Venom, but I'm not sure about that. And his body doesn't look decrepit. It looks pretty well built. So maybe he is getting a bit of Venom dosed into his body. So great cliffhanger, because I'm curious to see how they're going to bring the Joker back into this continuity, because we know it's different from what they did in the animated series with the whole Tim Drake thing. So... I'm definitely intrigued. I like the tone, the artwork. Great to have Terry back in this issue. So I really enjoyed it. Like I said, my only complaint was that I wish it got me caught up on the more recent events than his origin. So I'm going to go ahead and give this four out of five and just songs that get me pumped up and messages from uh, iMessenger that I don't get until months later. And then finally, we got Wonder Woman number seven. This is wrapping up the the current timeline arc, which is uh, it was called buried lies or something about uh, lies is in the title anyway as i flip through it the lies that's all it's called it's simple <laughs> where'd you get the... <laughs> okay. I, know, I got buried from <laughs> i thought that was the title <laughs> the lies and so uh, wonder woman we saw her free of uh, the steve trevor soldiers and now she's freeing the captive uh, women and children that were held here and they're going to go after once and for all and save Steve from that her as a Targata guy <laughs> whose name I can't pronounce. And this was a solid issue. I thought it was a nice way to wrap up uh, the storyline, which wasn't the best. We've said before how Gear 1 has been, you know, the really solid stuff for Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman but this was still an enjoyable issue. Made for some cool action sequences when we got uh, Wonder Woman trying to save Steve Trevor from that monster and Cheetah taking out uh, those other... Uh, like monster creations that guy has and the person who's trying to bring him back to life Claudio I think his name is so good action stuff but then I like the reveal we got uh, this whole thing with the Urzatarga monster where it was he's been telling or we've got the idea that the women he's had captive here like they were his worshippers and every so often uh, he'd choose one for his wife and you know that become the cheetah just like Barbara Ann as the cheetah is but it turns out that that's not true. Wonder Woman figures out that they're actually the protectors, and as she calls them, the wardens of this monster, as they're the ones who were able to defeat him. And that's why he's having them held captive. 
And that is how they defeat him, as Wonder Woman gives Cheetah the lasso of truth and all the other captive women there just held onto it in the light clothes and it just wraps around the monster and just burns him to a crisp. I just see his bones just fall on the ground and then actually turns into a nice rose or flower <laughs> there. So I did like that twist where there was more to it, you know, than just capturing, uh, holding women captive just so they could become his wife and the Cheetah later on. So there was more to it to that. And how he was defeated was good. And more good banter between Steve and Wonder Woman when they finally meet. I just love his casual line, like, hey, Angel, how are you? It's been a while. It reminded me of that Steve Trevor we got in the Justice League animated series and uh, the World War II uh, episode, Savage Time, because Wonder Woman and Steve had a great dynamic in there. So kind of felt reminiscent of that story in here as far as their dialogue to each other. So I like that. And then the issue ends with... Uh, Barbara and the cheetah being back to normal as we've been seeing her in the year one story, which, you know, I'm glad that she had a happy ending where she got what she wanted. She's no longer the cheetah, but now she's kind of in a state of shock where she's saying he, like he lied to him or she, he lied to her and everything she ever did was a lie and everything he made me do. So mentally she's not, you know, fully healed yet, but one woman's there, you know, to help her out. It looks like their friendship should be rekindled in, in some way because she fulfilled her end of the bargain as far as helping her get back to normal. So a solid ending to the story arc. Not the greatest Wonder Woman story. I thought it started off good, but then, you know, it didn't keep up, and especially with the year one stuff, but still solid. I'm going to give this one three out of five uh, any of the songs that get me pumped up and messages from iMessenger I don't get until months later. And that is it for our comic book reviews. <laughs> so great stuff from Batman Beyond. <laughs> Night of the Monster Man and Wonder Woman were, you know, solid, fun stories. So, all in all, good reviews this episode. Good. And with that, that's going to wrap up this episode. So, Dane, can I throw it to you for the outro? All right. So, uh, just go over to thebatmanuniverse.net on facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse. And on Twitter, the Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. Um, You can follow our show on Twitter, the show's Twitter handle is at Bad Fans Podcast. Uh, Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. I did that because he hosted today. It made it all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and my Twitter handle is at Dane Says Banana. Uh, rate and reviews on iTunes. And if you want to sh- send the show an email, uh, you can email the show at badfans.pants at gmail.com. Don't use Tim's <laughs> Facebook Messenger <laughs> thing. <laughs> Because you won't. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so with that, we are done. And like we say at the end of every single episode, we love you. Just remember, if you're feeling alone in, uh, alone in this world, just know that Tim and Dane do in fact care about you, right, Tim? With all of our hearts. So with that, we'll see you guys next time.